0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. All right, what's going on everybody in Sharks Territory? I'm Aaron James and this is the Shark City Podcast for January 9th, 2023. Uh, It's been an eventful, eventful week and here in Sharks Territory and everything leading up to it. uh, We're going to pretty much talk about the latest transactions here in Sharks Territory to start off the program and we will also touch up on uh, some of the Previous games while previewing the upcoming games. Obviously, a bulk of this podcast is going to be about Eric Carlson. Uh, His historic point streak and assist streak is now at an end, and he also has been selected to his seventh NHL All Star game. We'll get into um, all that and much more on this episode of the Shark City Podcast. All right, so let's get right into it. Uh, the San Jose Sharks claimed Michael Acimot off of waivers from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, some of you might recognize the name from his time with the Ontario Reign, the AHL-specific division rivals of the San Jose Barracuda. Um, so Acemott's pretty much journey here to San Jose has been... Um, I mean, he's had a couple of games. He just scored his first NHL goal, I believe, back uh, last month in December. So um, he's had 19 games played this season with Winnipeg. Uh, that one goal just a little bit over um, a month ago. Or just a couple of weeks ago, to be honest with you, since it's barely just a few like a few days into the new year. Um, he has five points this season. He's, uh has some highlights of being in a pretty good um, fight. You can find all that stuff on YouTube. But uh, nonetheless, the Sharks got themselves what appears to be. Um, by the way, he's a 26-year-old uh, shoots left. Uh, for those of you who uh, want to know who are seeing the video version of this and see that he's actually suited up. He didn't play in the last game against the Boston Bruins at home at the Shark Tank, but he did participate in the team warm-ups. Um, so uh, back to his journey And his perceived uh, progression in um, throughout his career so pretty much he is I don't want to say on decline I mean his upward trend is when he started off in the league when he was obviously young and he was drafted it seemed as if he had that uh, first second line potential uh, this season and over time it's just kind of dipping so I assume that obviously this is going to be for some added depth, maybe some more grit. Um, I'm appearing. I mean, I'm assuming that he's going to bring some kind of physicality, uh, given that um, you know he's uh, dropped the gloves and you know obviously he's not being brought on board for his scoring talents. Uh, he has zero points in his last five games. Um, I believe only a total of like ten minutes of ice time in the night in the twenty games that he's played this season. Um obviously he's been spending a lot of the time uh with the mont Montable Moose, pardon me if I'm uh, murdering that name, my apologies. Uh which in which he played nine games and he fared a little better there, got nine points, two goals and seven assists, twenty-seven penalty in minutes. Um so you know the zeroes will be keeping an eye on him without a doubt but long story short is I'm assuming he's here to you know fill up some of the roster spaces for the CUDA maybe potentially um, Be a healthy scratch if he finds himself with the main roster I'm I don't see why he wouldn't after all he's wearing the number 21 again uh, this um, Oh part of me my bad, technical difficulties there. <laughs> it's live. So anyways, um, obviously, he's wearing number 21. He already has a Sharks threads. I don't see him, you know, being with the Kuda at least immediate in the immediate future. Um, so we'll be on the lookout on player watch for him. For those of you who want to know, um, essimat is the 12th player in Sharks history to wear the number 21. It's kind of ironic how um, the numbers have been lately. The numbers game in Sharks territory. Uh, we'll get into this in just a moment. But like um, Mario Ferraro scored 38 seconds, in uh, excuse me, um, yeah, 38 seconds into the game, and he wears number 83. So here we go. The 12th player to wear number 21 is uh, newly acquired Michael Acemot. Um, obviously, a lot of you old time Sharks fans probably remember the most iconic number 21, Tony Granado um scott nickel tj uh galliardi or maybe even jacob middleton for some of you um newer sharks friends you, you remember those players were the number 21. so uh i'm looking forward to see what quinn and greer have in store for michael acima i assume again he's going to be spending a lot of his uh, time in san Jose with the cuda but um given that he's on the team warm-ups maybe he'll be healthy scratch for a minute um, so with that being said, let's just go ahead and get right into um, some game reaction as we catch up here. So the last time we got together and talked sharks hockey uh, was right after the new year. Sharks started off strong. They started off one and zero. They are playing Chicago, so you know you can't really uh, put too much sauce on that whole uh, victory. Uh, so since then, it just hasn't been as good. Um, the Sharks were able to get a point in the last two games with an overtime loss against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, the main storylines of this game, honestly, is that the Sharks dropped four leads in the game and lost in overtime. Um, Timo Meyer scored twice in the second and third period, three—excuse me—in the second period, three minutes apart. Uh, thus, that was his uh, 22nd, and 23rd goal of the season. And uh, another main, pretty much, storyline of this um, game is. A long, hard, close look at a potential offsides challenge didn't go our way for some reason. Not that it really um, had much bearing on, you know, the results of the game. The Sharks did kill off the um, unsuccessful um, bench minor for uh, our, I'm the bench minor the uh, for the unsuccessful challenge. Pardon me, um, but you know, you never know. You know, obviously, you know uh, penalties. Have an impact on the overall game, whether it's momentum or even you know putting um, some keeping some of your best players off the ice and having to um, you know play with the penalty kill such so late in the game. But um, just really quick here again, Matt Neoto opened a scoring 38 seconds into the game. He buried a rebound uh, shot off of um, Alexander Barabanov. Uh, per Sharks Twitter or Per Sharks PR on Twitter, pardon me. Uh, it's the fourth goal this year to come in the opening minutes of. Um, of the game. For the San Jose Sharks. Um, obviously. Probably the biggest story. Out of this game. Outside of the loss. Is Eric Carlson's franchise record. Point streak. Was extended to 14 games. Um, he had an assist off of a redirected shot. From Steven Lorenz. That was his fourth goal this season. By the way. And again. Per Sharks. PR on Twitter. Carlson is the fifth NHL defenseman. To notch an assist in 14 consecutive games. And the first since Phil Hughesley in 1992-93, others include Paul Coffey and uh, Brian Leach and Bobby Orr. Uh, all that to say is that he's with some great company, right? Uh, the assist is Carlson's 40th even strength point of the year, the most for any skater in the NHL. Um, so very impressive. Um, you know, very impressive season continues for Eric Carlson. Unfortunately, the uh, Sharks games are not um, are not as much. Uh, with that being said, um, per Mercury News, Kevin LeBanc, in regards to the, um, the whole, um, offsides, the whole challenge that wasn't won by the San Jose Sharks, uh, he said he didn't even see the play, and, um, but he just heard about almost 99% of the time, it's offside, and then he said, this is again, coming out of the Mercury News, and this is Kevin LeBanc, and I quote, once the refs are kind of hanging around, looking at the video, you're just kind of scratching your head. Like, what are they looking at? And then um, Mercury News went on to report that head coach David Quinn did not get an explanation from uh, any of the game officials. And um, he went on to say after watching it, he thought it was offsides, uh, that no one tagged up, that someone has to tag up. And regardless... Um, You know, he wanted a better explanation, but he still thinks it's offside. Anyways, um, again, the Sharks were given a delayed game penalty for the unsuccessful challenge, which they killed. So, not too sure if, you know, you want to focus so much on the Sharks essentially, you know, um, like if that penalty had much impact or bearing on the game. I mean, you know, you you choose how you want to do your storyline there, but I don't think it really had had an impact. Like overall, uh, the Sharks were, um, obviously the Sharks they lost the game in overtime 68 seconds in. Uh, Anaheim Ducks they came back, uh, pretty much again four consecutive times to, um, eventually take the two points. Uh, Timo Meyer, um, again, storyline, or excuse me, pardon me, um, So Timo Timo Meyer scored twice, pardon me, and Matt Nieto and uh, Steven Lorenz each added one goal. Uh, The Sharks pretty much lost um, the entire series against the Anaheim Ducks with a 1-0 on three record. And um, again, I don't want to nitpick on Tomáš Hurdle, but he lost the puck near the Sharks' blue line, okay? And um, that is John Klingberg's pretty much... um, you know, whole set up his whole entire game winning goal in overtime. Um, so, I, I again, if, you, if you're new to this podcast, I I am all love for San Jose Sharks, but I also like to call it how it is. And Tomas Hurdle, for even though he is on a hot streak statistically, you know, with his points, uh, it's almost as if he is giving away as much opportunities as he is um, taking from teams when it comes to putting the puck in the net anyways um, Timo Meyer went on to say for the Mercury news I thought for a lot of the game that we were outplaying them out shooting them and then just like many times this year we were just kind of find a way to lose this game I don't really know what to say it's obviously frustrating end quote that's Timo Meyer I can imagine it being frustrating when you put on a two-goal performance and you still cannot find a way to um, you know seal the victory Um, you know I just want to say this really quick. The sound of the sharks are going to continue to find a way to lose games. I mean, this is Timo Meyer saying this, this is the captain Logan Couture saying this, and it's just going to be probably the main narrative for you know, the final half of this season. So again, if you're brand new to this podcast, um, I highly recommend you to check out sharkcityhockey.com where you can listen to previous episodes, Obviously, if you're not new to this podcast and you're one of our um, followers that's been uh, supporting us from the beginning of um, January last year when we first launched, uh, you know that this right here is um, old news. So with that being said, I want to now focus on the more recent game as we catch up to the action here in Sharks territory. Um, Sounds like Sharks lost at home again against the Boston Bruins. The main storylines here. Kevin LeBanc plays his 400th NHL game. Eric Carlson's point streak comes to an end. And the Boston Bruins' star power, which is too much for the Sharks to handle. Um, so, again, just briefly reacting and highlighting some of the uh, main points that stand out from this loss. Uh, Captain Lone Couture scored his 15th goal of the season. Couture has three points, one goal and two assists in his last three games against the Bruins. Uh, Mara Ferraro got his first career point against the Boston Bruins as well, and that came via a goal. Um, the Bruins scored just a minute and three seconds into the game with Brad Machart looking like a player out of Chell, for those of you who play sports NHL. Uh, he literally took the puck off of a defensive zone face-off win by uh, Patrice Bergeron, I think. And uh, he took it all the way from his defensive zone like faceoff circle uh, through Sharks, through three Sharks players into the back of the net. I think it was a bad backhander. Pardon me if I um, am foggy on how that went down. I'm having selective short-term memory when it comes to that. Uh, David Pasternak scored twice, once in the second and again in the third to beat the Sharks 4-2. to uh, Pasternak had a chance for the hat trick but failed to hit an empty netter. Uh, I knew the Sharks were going to win this game. It was nice to see them keep the hats from falling the ice because, my goodness, the tank was, was black and yellow. It was pretty packed. I believe it was a sellout crowd, but there was a lot of black and yellow in the tank. Uh, But I'll be honest with you. If I have to be honest with you, overall, this is probably one of the better games I've watched this season. Real talk. Uh, It was intriguing just to see how the Sharks measured up against the number one team in the NHL. Uh, This team has a 23% chance of hoisting the cup. So, you know, it was nice to see the Sharks for a brief moment in time you know for a brief moment in that game they were going toe to toe with with the bruins you know um it was a tied game until you know pasta you know did his uh his star studded magic but um yeah i wanted to see just like most of you how the sharks essentially um measured up to one of the cup favorites right now halfway through the season and um well most of us got our answer a minute and 3 seconds in uh the sharks seventh Home loss of the um, season also marks the end of Eric Carlson's historic run. Um, obviously, it had to come to an end sometime. So, we're going to briefly just touch up on what was a San- two San Jose Sharks franchise records. Uh, the one for uh, the longest point streak, because he had some goals throughout these last 14 games and another simultaneously for San Jose Sharks um, assist streak. So this is the longest point streak again in San Jose Sharks history. This is obviously not um, news to everybody. Uh, Eric Carlson has essentially been the exact, uh, the only talking uh, talking point for, in, um or the only highlight really coming out of San Jose outside of of Meyer to be real with you. You know, he's up there. But uh, Eric Carlson, he started this 14-game point streak back in December, December 3rd of 2022, to be exact. It ended just a couple days ago, a few days ago, January 6th, 2023, as he failed to get a point against the Boston Bruins. Um, He had two goals, 20 assists, so that's 22 points. Um, Not only is the longest point streak through um he had the most points. i mean my goodness man like his i'm not even gonna get into it but let's just let's just um go on to the next stat i don't want to i'll break down every game in just a moment i want to make sure we uh keep everything clear here the longest assist streak in sharks history is also um achieved and again 20 assists in 14 games it's just amazing um so let's just go through this um uh, in detail really quick and briefly so starting from the third of December um again this point streak started against his former team the Ottawa Senators in which it was his assist number one um assist number two our game number two I guess is a better way of saying it was at Buffalo um in which he got another assist another apple was earned against Vancouver on the 7th of December. On the 9th, he got a goal and an assist against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, He scored and he had an assist against the Arizona Coyotes on the 13th, an assist against the LA Kings on the 17th. Um, December 13th, December 17th, for those who are still uh, wondering. Uh, Back-to-back games, he scored uh, three assists between the two games against the Calgary Flames, so uh, two in the first game on the 18th and one on the 20th. Uh, Probably his best game in this entire streak came against the Minnesota Wild, uh, in which he had a goal and three assists for four points on the 22nd of December. Uh, Two assists uh, back-to-back against Vancouver and the Philadelphia Flyers on the 27th and 29th. Um, Another assist came New Year's Eve against Dallas. Two assists to start off this year against Chicago. And finally, one assist on the 6th of this year in January. Um, So there it is. Deep dive into the numbers of what Eric Carlson's 14-game point streak was. Um, It's amazing. Again, he was already outpacing some of the uh, previous record holders, um 20 points baby or, excuse me 20 assist 22 points in 14 games um it's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of bittersweet a lot of you out there and i'm just going to go into this really quick because uh some some of the conversation with ek65 is is kind of turning at the beginning of the season and obviously he's shot down a lot of these rumors especially on on broadcasts um in canada And, you know, to uh, reporters being asked on a regular basis um, here locally, but long story short, is uh, the conversation about whether or not this is Eric Carlson's final year at the Sharks is starting to take a turn. Um, It seems as if it doesn't seem highly likely that there is a team that will be willing to take on his, um, you know, his cap hit. So rather than speculate and try to offer my two cents into the um, into the mix, what I want to say is, uh, if Eric Carlson does stay as San Jose Shark, I wonder if he will get the opportunity to be nominated as a Norris Trophy winner. And number two, I wonder, um, you know, if he does stay, in fact, with the Sharks uh, team at The conclusion of 2023, uh, 2022, 2023 season, Uh, you know, should we start looking at him for, uh, you know, perhaps a change in guard when it comes to leadership? I'm just, you know, begging the question at this point and also kind of uh, setting up a little segue for the next half of our show. So we reached the midway point of our show here, uh, just about a period of um, hockey, 20 minutes. So I'll take a quick breather and a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Eric Carlson being selected to the 2023 NHL All-Star game. Um, we're going to talk about his um, again, kind of how he's doing this season. Uh, kind of briefly go on to the Sharks' strength of schedule for the next half of the season. Um, I want to go into, uh, go a little deep dive into um, you know, this narrative of that Carlson is doing what he's doing now because Brent Burns isn't around and um, I also want to share my top pick who I want to see Sharks fans vote in for the NHL all-star game and then we'll conclude the program with a previewing the next three games coming up here in Sharks territory Uh, so I'm Aaron James thank you to everybody who's um watching live on Facebook and YouTube and now Twitter Um, We're doing a really quick impromptu broadcast uh, broadcast here and podcast, pardon me. And um, again, I want to take a quick break. And when we return, we will talk about EK 65 going to his seventh NHL all-star game. We'll be right back on the shark city podcast. The NFL playoff picture is locked in and my go to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back to the Shark City Podcast. Once again, thank you for everybody who's um, watching live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, if you want to check out previous episodes of the shark city podcast, you can find them at sharkcityhockey.com. And of course your favorite podcast, um, platform also, uh, just want to say, um, quick shout out to everybody who's been supporting the podcast since January of 2022, as we approach our one year anniversary and, um, super excited again to bring to, you. um, To bring to you our new format here, uh, video version-wise. And also to uh, connect to everybody across all of our um, social channels at this point now. So with that being said, um, no more filibuster, right? (laughs) Or whatever. Uh, Eric Carlson has been selected to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. This is his seventh All-Star selection. Um, Some of you might it might be a little fuzzy for some of you out there, but this I believe will be like his fourth or fifth, like first team all-star selection. Um, so first and foremost, I just want to say um, congratulations, obviously. Um, but I also want to um, talk about, um, so so this is going to kind of be a mashup segment here. We're going to talk about him being selected to all-star game specifically on, on, on where his stats um, kind of um, compare to, his all-star selection seasons in which he was either a finalist or the winner of the Norris trophy. And then we're going to kind of, um, talk about this whole like narrative of he's doing it because, um, you know, he's pretty much the quarterback of the blue line now, but, uh, first let's talk about his previous all-star seasons. All right. Uh, so Eric Carlson his previous All-Star seasons in which he was in the running for the Norris Trophy was 2011, and 2012, 2014, and 2015. Those two seasons he actually won the Norris Trophy. He was a finalist in 2015 and 2016. And now um, he is being spoken of as being a finalist this season, 22-23. Um, so I just want to again go into some of the stats here. And then we'll go into um, what his, his projections are and where he kind of like aligns with those uh, Norris Trophy years. So back in 2011, 2012, Carlson played 81 games for the season. He tallied 78 points with 19 goals and 59 assists. Uh, he won the Norris Trophy that season. The following season, he won it again with a complete season, played 82 g- games, 66 points, 21 goals. 45 assists. Okay. The year he didn't win, we already know who did. Um 2015-2016, he played 82 games and he got a point per game, 82 points, 16 goals, 66 assists. So, all that to say is right now EK65 after 41 games played this season has 54 points, 13 goals, 40 one assist um obviously he's closing in on the point totals for the last time he won a Norris trophy so if you want to say that the best defenseman in the league is one that is leading the um all defensemen in scoring points then EK65 looks to be uh, the strongest candidate. Okay. But uh, again, a few episodes back, uh, this was Forbes magazine, I believe, that published this article. Historically speaking, players do not necessarily get the awards recognition or they do not get the hardware if they are on teams that are tanking like the Sharks are. Not to say that he will not uh, be considered because obviously. There is no better defenseman in the league right now than EK65. Um, he is projected to surpass 100 points this season. If he reaches that milestone, he'll be the first one and the the, the only other shark to do so since Joe Thornton did in 2006-2007. So hopefully the well doesn't dry up because he was on a 14-game scoring um, sh- a streak. In which you know half of these uh, 41 points were earned, or more than half, 22 points to be exact. Um, so again, you know, as long as he keeps the pace up, then surely he will undoubtedly, undisputedly win the Norris Trophy, especially if he records over 90 plus points. I say even if he gets to like 70 or 80. But uh, how long can Carlson keep it up? The first half of the season, of uh, that being 2022-2023, has been remarkable and marketable for those of you who are listening to, you know, um, trade rumors out there, uh, for EK 65. The first half of the season has also been relatively easy for the sounds of sharks. Okay. So, um, with this, so here's coming up power rankings guru. All right. So the shark strength of schedule played, all right, this is their previous 41 games has, uh, was ranked 30th in overall difficulty. Okay. So the Sharks played an average opponent rank of 17.76. All right. Uh, Now the Sharks are starting, are more or less staring at the eighth most difficult schedule for the remainder of the 2022-2023 season with an average opponent rank of 15.40. So um, for some of you out there, this is exactly what you to want to hear if you are looking to score the number one overall draft pick this season. Obviously, there's still a lottery to go through, and being as close to that number one spot uh, is going to increase the odds. Uh, we'll get into how well the Sharks' odds increase uh, to winning the lottery uh, against Arizona if they win, or if they lose, is a better way of saying it, in just a moment. But, yeah... Um, just for comparison, for those of you who want to know, um, <laughs> as far as the power um, rankings go for the Sharks, while we're on this note here, uh, they're 25th overall. But again, the uh, strength of schedule right now is uh, eighth, eighth most difficult. So, boy oh boy. Anyways, uh, just just getting in for the long call. Um, if you want to know who has the hardest schedule while we're on this note, which is what I was trying to transition to my, uh, pardon the uh, my apologies here on the, um, the missteps in my delivery, but, uh, bear with me here. Finally. Thank you. So the toughest schedule going forward for the rest of the season is going to be the Montreal Canadiens and then the blue jackets. Okay. So, um, thinkathon.com. Uh, according to tinkathon.com, which is where a lot of us like to do our draft simulators, I just did a draft simulator the other um, the other episode. I did ten. I obviously, they do thousands. I did ten. The Sharks did not win the lottery in my ten simulations. Not to say that you out there will not get a, a different result. I did once a day. I got it the second time. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but back to the point. Um, the draft lottery simulator right now Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, and San Jose. N- not much has changed since the last time we reviewed this. Um, so just reminding you who's ahead of us, who's on the bid for Connor Bernard, and just where their strength of schedule remains uh, going forward. So uh, the Ducks have the 25th most difficult schedule moving forward. So. Um, You know, you never know. You know what I mean? Things might get easier for Anaheim. Obviously, they are better than the Sharks um, this season, even though the Sharks are fourth right now and not third like the Ducks are. But uh, the point I'm trying to get at is, you know, maybe Anaheim will win out some games. Um, As far as Columbus, who is holding down the second seed, uh, they have the second hardest schedule. So I don't know if they will lose any ground in the race for Bernard and the Blackhawks have the 19th most difficult schedule. So two of the, uh, three teams that are ahead of us, um, are, yeah, two of them, their schedules are going to be relatively easy going to the second half of the season while the blue jackets and the sharks are going to be, top 10 toughest all that to say is you know we may find ourselves in um a a solid position to um to, to win the lottery first and foremost but my bad back to eric carlson i got a little uh little distracted there with the whole um strength of schedule uh if we're gonna have the eighth most difficult schedule moving forward who's to say that this great season um our this great performance where Eric Carlson doesn't become, um, more difficult or excuse me, the results do not become more difficult to achieve is what I'm trying to say. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Honestly, Carlson is the San Jose sharks right now. <laughs> I mean, it just is what it is. And regardless if he wins the Norris trophy or not, I think, um, his resurgence, um, at this, you know, being halfway through the season, at this point, it's it's fair to say that his resurgence uh, in terms of, you know, statistical success, success in San Jose, other than being and staying healthy, is that Brent Burns is no longer right there on the blue line with him. Um, so this is not breaking news. Um, pardon me as we move forward here. So, um, yeah, trying to just um, have a clear, uh, a cleaner segue here. So, Eric Carlson selected to the um, NHL All Star Game. He is on pace to uh, perform just like he did his other All Star years. Um, when he won the Norris Trophy, he's on pace to do exactly that this season, unless, of course, you know the um, the well dries up, uh, which could be the case because the Sharks had a fairly easy uh, schedule the last half of the season, thirtieth most difficult schedule out of thirty two. Now they have the eighth most difficult out of 32 so we'll see what happens with carlson whether or not he wins the norris trophy all i'm trying to say is i think his resurgence is um a positive thing for not just him for the sharks for those of you who are into the trade uh, deadline value you know makes for interesting story nonetheless i mean none the least, right i highly doubt the sharks moving but we'll see um but if he, doesn't, if he doesn't get moved and he stays and he doesn't win the uh, Norris Trophy, let's just say all those things do not come into fruition for us here in Sharks territory. And just bottom line, we get to keep one of the best defensemen on the squad for at least another season. Um, I'm, all that to say is I am confident that Carlson will continue to um, rise, continue to um, produce at a high level. Cannot say if that will continue immediately for the second half of the season, given how difficult the next uh, couple of months are going to be. But some of you all out there like to complain, pardon the, um, pardon the lack of um expression or the you know the. But complaining is the best way to say it, right? About how Carlson essentially like it's just been forty-one games, or you know I mean it's just been half a season. He's injury prone. Some of y'all call them band-aid, um, proven, but, um, long story short is Eric Carlson is going to continue to have my opinion success because he is out there able to do the things that he's able to do without Brent Burns. All right. Longest segue ever. Thank you for sticking with it. Whoo! took me a minute to spit that out. So. Just really quick so we can move on here because I almost feel like I've um, exhausted this segment. So thank you again for uh, sticking with me here. I just want to compare Eric Carlson and Brent Burns with what they're doing right now. So just basic stats comparison. Uh, Eric Carlson played 41 games. Brent Burns played 40 games this season. Brent Burns is obviously now at the Carolina Hurricanes. He has 28 points in his 40 games. He's doing really good over there. All right, 23 assists, 5 goals. Uh, Eric Carlson in his 41 games, we've already talked about it. um, 54 points, 41 assists, 13 goals. Um, Carlson's on pace to have a 108 and eight-point season while Brent Burns is on pace to have a 57 point season. Now what I want to do is I want to compare the last three years Uh, in the last three years. um, Brent Burns pretty much wins almost in every category, whether it's game, you know, in games, plays, assists, points, uh, you know, power play goals, but so on and so forth, right? Um, so all that to say is, you know, because it's just his first season, the last three years, Brent Burns has been the one that's been utilized in Sharks territory uh, with the more fortuitous offensive starts, with the most um, – how else how, do I say this? For, for those of you who want to know what I mean by that, if you do not follow advanced hockey analytics, um, essentially – while Brent Burns was on the team of the sounds of sharks for the last two seasons. Now, I'm not going to go too far back. I'm just the last two seasons. uh, So specifically under Bob Bugner's system, uh, Eric Carlson was used more in his own defensive zone while Brent Burns was, you know, um, given more offensive zone starts. Um, Obviously, you know, they're both top you know, top line defensemen, but, we all know how everything is being shuffled around the last couple of seasons of Sharks territory. So if you want to know why, um, if, if you're wondering, well, that doesn't add up. They're supposed, to, they're both supposed to be first line defensemen. They didn't always play on the first line with each other. More often than not, um, they weren't on the same line with each other. But Brent Burns was the one given the more fortuitous starts in the offensive zone. Uh, so with that presence being gone, um, I would say that is a big reason why we're seeing Eric Carlson. Um, you know, having such a fantastic offensive year. Um, So, yeah, that's the best way I'm going to wrap it up. Obviously, I want to go a little bit deeper into that, but uh, I got stumbled up on my segues and pardon me here. Um, All right. It's been two regulation periods of hockey action as we are approaching the 40-minute mark. So let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> from Eric Carlson. My goodness. I'm almost getting like, I mean, ugh. Eric Carlson is, I mean, we're going to start flinching and by the end of the season. Every time we hear that name, I mean, that's going to be the only name you are going to hear over and over and over Eric Carlson. My goodness, but it is what it is. Now, I want to move on to the, um, to the NHL all-star vote here. I just kind of want to have a little fun um, lighting up the podcast here for a brief moment before we go into um, these upcoming games here in Sharks Territory. By the way, it's late night. It's a manic Monday. You know what I mean? Trying to get back on the weekly grind after a long weekend here in San Jose. Um, The Bay Area in general, all those who, mostly Cali, all right, we've been getting pummeled by storms. Um, So... All that to say is, you know, um, the weather and, you know, trying to like, um, get things done, you know, your, your daily, weekly grind with everything that's going on and trying to accommodate for all that. Um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been taking a grind and I ain't trying to complain because I have it fairly easy compared to those out there who are really dealing with some of these challenges. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, um, right now in San Jose, California, you know what I'm saying, um, I hope you know you stay safe and you know just you know just be alert. They, we're still going to have some heavy showers tonight, and most likely we're going to be on flood watch and warning. So just uh, be aware, and stay alert, and more importantly, stay safe. All right. Um So, like I said, I wanted to line up the podcast, so let's do that already. Uh, <laughs> the NHL All Star. All right, the last man in. I think so. They just call it, but now it's a vote in. Tomato, tomato. Uh, obviously, if anyone else is going in Sharks territory, it's going to be Timo Meyer. I mean, he's on pace to have a 90-point season, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's pretty obvious. But he represented some of the of Sharks last season. Not that that means he's not allowed to not represent the Sharks back-to-back. I mean, obviously, he's going to go. But I just thought it would be pretty freaking awesome if everyone in Sharks territory would band together and send James Reimer to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. I know I sound very out of pocket right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's in a he's on a cold streak. I think he has one win in his last five games. Um, his save percentage on the season is 0.895. Um. Yeah, it's not looking good. I understand, okay. But if if I okay, I just want to say this. All right, he's he's going through some injuries, so that's going to affect the quality of his play, right? It's going to affect his quality starts, as they call it. Um, but all, all I want to say is when you look at some of the um. Or at most, not some, but if you look at most of his, um, if you if you break down his save percentage, just being James Reimer, okay. Now again, I'm just vouching. I just want. I'm just trying to make the argument. All right, begging the question, as they say, pushing the envelope. All right, but um, in his 22, in his 22 uh, games played, only half of them were quality starts. All right, but when you break down his save percentage, if you break it down. Um, obviously, even strength is not that solid. Um, that's where that 0.895 is really coming from. Even strength, he's a 0.892. But um, when you look at his save percentage, okay, um, from like 31 plus feet, it's almost 95%. All right. It's more than 95%. All right. It's when he's like, when they're, it's that point. 8-3-9 save percentage within 1-15 feet. Now, I'm not saying that um, that he's, I mean, obviously all goaltenders are better at stopping the puck when it's further away from the net, right? Because you're able to take up more space, take away more nets with positioning. But what I'm trying to say is how much of this, you know, um, save percentage being on the, on the low, you know, below 85%. Within like 15 or 30 feet. How much is that on James Reimer? And how, how much of it is on the defense? You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm trying to get at. That's all I'm trying to get at. And and what, I, what I'm also trying to say is this. Is even though he's not having a great season. sounds the Sharks aren't doing much for him or in front of him. Again, he's had only half of his games were quality starts. So I get it. You know, this sounds like a farce. Saying let's send him to the All-Star game. But for that very reason, I want to see it happen. I don't know why. You know, what I mean maybe I woke up on Monday and and chose um I don't know, chaos. Just kidding. Um but no, seriously. I would love to see James Reimer make it to an NHL All-Star game because we haven't seen a Sharks goaltender in an NHL All-Star game in, in a hot minute. Um also, I think now I might be wrong on this, okay, but I, I think the last time the Sharks goal Sharks goaltender was in an NHL All-Star game, he was making saves off of um, E.I. Kovachuk. Or Kovalchuk, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, my mem- my memory might not be serving me very well here at this moment. But point I'm trying to get at is it's been a while. Okay, and I know Timo Meyer Timo is, is obviously next in line, but if James Reimer could get to the NHL all-star game if we could send him there why freaking not okay why freaking not anyways I I, I know I'm not and I don't mean this to, to poke fun I think he's a quality goaltender and the main reason why I want to see him in, as an a an NHL all-star part of me is uh, two reasons one's gonna sound pretty uh insincere so part of me but it is what it is I'm a fan I'm just gonna call it how I see it Um, trade value could be increased all right I don't know by how much but um Number two is, again, I feel like he is the definitive Sharks goaltender. He's obviously the number one. He is our starter. And the fact that his name is even being like written on the card to be voted in in San Jose, I think Sharks fans should jump an opportunity to, to make it happen. Anyways, upset the natural order and send in a subpar goaltender to an all-star game. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't mean any disrespect. But in all honesty, um, I'm a huge James Reimer fan. Um, because you gotta support the person in the crease, and there's no one else who's doing it for the last two years, not Aiden Hill, not Capo Kakinen. It's all it's all been James Reimer. So let's send him to the All-Star game. All right, let's send him to the All-Star game. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. I'm done. Ha. <sighs> Well, I'll just be honest with you all out there in Sharks territory. Um, It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough um, for the next couple of months with um, some of the teams that we're going to be playing. But uh, we will discuss those games when the time comes. Um, Right now, we're going to discuss this week's Sharks games as we get ready to wrap up uh, the episode here. Uh, thank you for everybody, once again, who's been sticking with me live on YouTube, um, Twitter, and Facebook. It's been a pretty up-and-down adventure. It's been a little erratic at times, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you Um, um you know, spending some time with me this evening here, um, late night here in San Jose, California. As I try to catch up to some Sharks hockey that is literally just EK65, uh, overkill and you know trying to jazz up a loss right back-to-back losses uh, let's hope that the sharks uh, fortunes change however starting tomorrow so tomorrow the sounds sharks are going to take on the arizona coyotes this will be the 163rd all-time game against the arizona coyotes the sharks are 83 58 1 and 14 all time against the desert dogs this will be the Sharks' first time they play the Coyotes. I believe in Tempe, Arizona. Am I saying that right? I hope I am. I really do. Anyways, my apologies as the hour um, approaches here. Tempe, Arizona. Okay, I'm just doing my quick Google search here. of me. Yep, Tempe, Arizona. Just want to make sure I'm saying it properly. My apologies. I want to get this right. <laughs> it will be the Sharks' 69th game ever played in Arizona, split between Phoenix and Glendale. All right, there it is. So the Sharks are 34-31, 0-3 all-time in the Grand Canyon State. And they are the favorites for tomorrow's game with 619 percent chance of winning. Uh, This is a fairly important game for the South East Sharks if you are going for the whole tank for Bedard. Okay. Um, So if they lose to the Coyotes in regulation, they will increase their chances of winning the draft lottery by 5.8 percent. Or excuse me, they'll increase it by 0.5 percent, which will be point eight percent so um that's really the only thing <laughs> uh that's beneficial to these sharks uh, if they win the game it's not going to help their chances of making the playoffs um and in fact it will decrease their chances of winning the draft lottery by point three percent so um if you are going if you're a part of that tank for bedard um group uh, those are your numbers that you're looking at but if you're like me i want to see the sharks win out baby i really do um, i know a lot of you out there are saying like what's the point what's the advantage like what why even like try to win out the season and ruin your chances game but hard again i made the question what if the sharks end up top four top three top two teams in in the draft um you know when it comes to the draft lottery and they don't, and they don't get it at all. They don't get the number one uh, draft at all. And yes, it's been said over and over again that this is a very uh, good draft year, and there are plenty of more prospects that can change a franchise other than Connor Bedard. But that's all everybody's talking about, right? What was it, ninety three points in the World Juniors? So, <laughs> anyways, that's a whole other story. Uh, The Sharks are going to play the Kings on Wednesday, so it's back-to-back action here um, in Sharks territory. They'll be visiting Arizona. They'll be coming back to the tank on Wednesday. Uh, This will be the Sharks' 172nd all-time game against L.A. The Sharks are 91-61-7-12 all-time against the Kings, but they are 0-2 this season um, against L.A. So uh, for those of you who want to know, these Sharks are not favored to win this game. Uh, They have a 41.5% chance of winning against L.A. And that leads us into uh, Friday, Friday night at the Tank, which uh, pretty much is going to be the return of he who cannot be named. Just kidding for some of you out there. Uh, The return of Vander Kane, right? Uh, This will be Oilers' 59th trip to the Shark Tank. That's Friday the 13th. (laughs) for some of you appropriately so Uh, again 132nd game against the oilers uh sharks are 61 46 12 and 12 all time so um the sharks at the shark tank though are split even down the middle 500 with edmonton the oilers are 24 24 5 and 5 when they play at the tank all right and for those of you who are wondering, the Sharks are 5-2 and two in the seven games that they hosted Edmonton at the Cow Palace. So, um, the Sharks, for those of you who want to know, and for those of you who are hoping, are actually favored to win this game with a 54.6% chance of victory. Alright, so these are the percentages as of You know, the release of this episode, obviously they're all subject to change, but, um, you know, those are your odds for those of you who, um, you know, want to play the DraftKings sports book, uh, don't forget to use promo code THPN, baby. All right. That's THPN for the hockey podcast network, which we are a proud affiliate of. And with that being said. That is going to conclude the Shark City Podcast. Season 2, Episode 18. Shark City Podcast for January 9th, 2023. It's late night Sharks territory. Per usual, usual we get the last word here in Sharks territory. Pardon me. Uh, it's been a long weekend. i powering through this podcast as I power through this Monday. Um, just to wrap up everything that we discussed um, in this episode. The Sharks claimed Michael Acemont off of waivers from... The Winnipeg Jets, in a corresponding move, they moved Redeem Shimmick to the injured reserve to make room on the roster. Um, Acemont is going to wear number 21 in Sharks territory, the 12th player to do so. Sharks lost back-to-back games since winning in 2023 to open up the new year. Um, so their previous three games, it's a 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Um, More recently, overtime loss to the Ducks 5-4. And... Um, a loss to the Bruins for the two Eric Carlson's historic point streak has come to an end, but he's going to the all-star game, baby. Uh, Please vote and send James Reimer to the all-star game. All right. And uh, get ready for uh, two out of three games to hopefully go Sharks way. Uh, before they start to really take on what's, now being ranked the eighth most difficult schedule for the remainder of the 2022 2023 NHL season all right once again you can follow the shark City podcast um all their episodes you can find the shark City podcast all the episodes on uh, sharkcityhockey.com don't forget to follow us across the um, board on social media at Shark City hockey and um, please like subscribe and all that other jazz um, on your favorite podcast platforms on YouTube and um, uh, thank you for following and liking and all that good stuff on Facebook and Twitter. I'm going to sign off for the evening. Thank you for joining me live. This was um, truly, truly an impromptu live po- podcast. So, um, pardon me for some of the the, uh, the dips in the in the broadcast. But uh, thank you for everyone who's uh, again doing this live with me as uh, we here at Shark City Hockey. Um, are preparing for our one-year anniversary of the Shark City Podcast. Got some cool stuff in store for that episode, so uh, stay tuned. And um, obviously, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, you don't have to go anywhere. We'll bring the podcast right to you. I'm Aaron James. This is Shark City Podcast once again for January 9th, 2023. Uh, let's go, Sharks. Good night to everybody in San Jose, California. And um, until next time, all right? Um, Bye. Man, man, it's going to be a tough second half of the season, but we'll get through it, I promise. All right, I'm out of here. Y'all have a good night. See ya.